What's going on Z Community Cuties, it's your boy Aziz Finance and welcome back to the Personal Finance in Canada show, also known as the PFC show. Whether you've been listening to our podcast for a while now or this is your first time, be sure that you're either following or subscribe to the pod and share this with somebody who you think will also get value from this podcast as well. Now without further ado, let's get this party started and dive into the episode. By listening to the PFC show, the Personal Finance and Canada show with Aziz Finance, you acknowledge and agree that me, Aziz Finance, assume no responsibility for any financial decision or decisions that you make, as it is ultimately your finances and you are the only controller of your own decisions. I am a random person on the internet and not a financial professional, so please consult with one being a financial professional before making any financial-based decision, because anything that you hear on this podcast overall, each and every single episode, is just a sharing of my experience and are not suggestions whatsoever, regardless of the types of language or words that I use within these episodes. Again, by listening to this podcast, you acknowledge that I assume no responsibility for any decisions that you make regarding your finances. Holy guacamole. The financial statements of a company. If I really went into the full details of this, this episode would just turn into an audiobook. So, for the sake of making the most efficient use of your time, we'll go over what type of statements you'll come across, what types of information it'll tell you, and how you can use this for your stock selection. I have my own personal feelings toward financial statements as they don't really factor into my decision criteria anymore for what stocks I should buy, but knowing how to read this has been extremely beneficial especially from an entrepreneurial perspective where you have to create your own financial statements. Now, there are mainly three types of financial statements that you will find for each company, which are usually released once every three months and then one consolidated annual report. Obviously, each one telling you the stats from each quarter and then the year respectively. So the first type of statement that you're going to find within the overall financial statement is the income statement. Now, the income statement will show you all of the revenue and associated expenses that are related to the sales process and the profits of the company. An easy way to kind of understand this is comparing a business to a lemonade stand that you would like to invest in. What I want to see is if it's worth investing my money into this lemonade stand by looking at what income this stand brings so far and what it spends to make that income. Looking at the income statement can then help me figure out how profitable this stand is and then have an idea for its potential for growth in the future. And when you're analyzing this income statement, you will notice a few different line items or what I will call factors. The first one is usually the cost of sales. So this is basically all of the expenses that are directly related to the sale of that lemonade. This could be anything from the lemon, the sugar, the labor that was required to squeeze the lemons, etc. Gross profit is also another line item that you will see and pretty self-explanatory. It's just the overall profit that the lemonade stand made only from selling the lemonade. This can actually be calculated by taking whatever was made in sales and then subtracting the direct costs associated with purchasing and producing the lemonade. Another line item that you'll find is selling general and administrative expenses, or you can also see it as SG and A. This would include expenses that weren't necessarily directly related to making the lemonade, but the expenses that were required to keep the overall stand running. This could include things such as the rental of the lots for the lemonade stand, the salary or the wages of the person selling the lemonade and whatnot. But these expenses can usually be deducted from the gross profit. Another line item that you'll find is depreciation. And this is just the decrease in value of a company's assets over time 
and again is usually deducted from the gross profit. But nonetheless, this usually applies to companies who require specific tools or machinery. So in the case of our lemonade stand, this could be the lemon squeezer. Let's just say that you bought it for $15 and it has an expected lifespan of about 10 years. You'd then do some quick maths by dividing $15 by 10 years and it gives you a depreciation of about $1.50 per year. And obviously, if you're looking at this from a quarterly basis, then you would just take that $1.50 per year, divide it by four, and you'd be looking at something around 38 cents per quarter. Another line item that you will find on the income statement is the research and development, also known as the R&D. This is usually another expense that is used by a majority of companies that usually have the intention of growing or scaling further. In the case of our lemonade stand, this could be the form of like investing within new research to find a lemon squeezer that helps to squeeze two or three lemons at the same time to help increase efficiency. That way, it'll increase the production of lemonade while also reducing the labor necessary to produce the same cups. It should be no surprise to you that after nine years of being within the stock market, whether that be stocks, ETFs, options, I've actually managed to create full-time income and being able to retire at any time that I please. Nonetheless, there's actually a way that you can learn how to do this as well. And this is exactly why we offer coaching. We do one-on-one -on -one sessions with each of our clients just to kind of get them on the right path so that they could eventually replace their full-time income with the stock market. Not only do we do coaching for that, but we also do coaching when it comes down to making sure that your credit score is optimal and for other types of topics within the finance world. Budgeting, saving, you name it, we'll take care of it. So whenever you have the chance, and this is something that you could be interested in, check out azizfinance.ca and check out our resources. azizfinance.ca and I am more than happy to coach you through the right direction. Anyway, back to the episode. This is also another expense that could then be deducted from the gross profit. Then you have operating profit or income, also known as the earnings before interest and tax or the EBIT. This is basically just the total amount that you would end up after getting all your subtractions from the expenses that we just talked about from the gross profit. Now, this overall metric is the profitability of the company without accounting for interest or taxes. Lastly, you're going to see the financial result, which is just the EBIT, but after factoring the interest. For the lemonade stand, this could be the interest paid on a loan to start up your little operation of a lemonade stand. Then last but not least, you factor in the taxes based on your province, country, and its respective rates. Next up, we have the balance sheet. Now the balance sheet tells you what the actual net worth of the company is on paper. The same way that individuals have net worth associated with them, the same way that individuals have a net worth associated with them also applies to businesses. Now, on the balance sheet, you'll find the company's assets and liabilities, which can then be used to find out what its net worth is simply by subtracting the total liabilities by the total assets. Now, how can you use this for stock selection? Now, using the information on the balance sheet, you can find out whether a stock is a good one or not. Now, how is the balance sheet useful for you when it comes down to stock selection? Now, this really differs on the type of investor that you are. Some investors might look for specific aspects of the balance sheet, whereas some will really pay attention to other aspects of it. One thing to note about the assets and liabilities that you'll find on the balance sheet is that they're divided into subcategories, which will give you a bigger picture into the value that the company holds. Assets are usually divided into non-current and current. 
which are then sorted into maturity and then liquidity. Non-current assets are essentially long-term assets that are not for sale and likely will not be for sale. These could be things such as property, plants and equipment, along with intangible assets such as patents or goodwill. Intangible assets are other words for valuables that you can't actually physically touch, like software, again, patents and licenses. Goodwill is usually a metric that you'll see during companies whenever they go through mergers or acquisitions, and it's just a simple term to refer to the extra amount paid for an acquisition of another company on top of its book value. For example, this company that wants to acquire another one, its book value is $10, but because the company who wants to buy this out saw that it has even more value, they're like, you know what, I'm gonna pay $12 for this. The goodwill would then end up being around $2. Current assets, on the other hand, are valuables that'll stay within the company short term or within the year, depending on the company, and it could include things such as inventories, receivables, cash holdings, and short-term investments such as bonds or money market funds. Accounts receivables, for those of you who have just heard this term for the first time, is essentially whatever is owed to the company by other companies. Similar to assets, liabilities are also subdivided into long-term, short-term, and provisions. Long-term liabilities, similarly to assets, are repayments that the company is expected to make within one year or more, and is made up of any loans that have interest that need to be paid. Short-term liabilities, pretty self-explanatory, you know, things that the company has to pay for within less than a year. But then when it comes down to provisions, now provisions are essentially company emergency funds, which can be used for anything from economic downturns, lawsuits, or even taxes. Last but not least, we have the cash flow statement, which shows you the movement of money throughout the organization. You could think of it as the dynamic part of the other two types of statements. Now, these two statements that we just talked about, you could think of them more as static, whereas the cash flow statement shows you the dynamics of these two statements. And what I really mean by this is that if you're looking at the balance sheet of a company during one quarter and you notice that it had a million dollars worth of property, but then the next quarter you find out that that increased to two million dollars you're going to be pretty confused because where the heck did that extra $1 million come from? The cash flow statement shows you exactly that. Now, how could you use the cash flow statement when it comes down to your stock selection? Again, it varies from investor to investor, although a majority of it use it in a way to hint at how the company manages its cash and how it spends it, how it receives it, so on and so forth. Questions that could actually be answered by the cash flow statement would be, Things such as how effectively does the company spend its money to pay off debt or is this company using its resources effectively by purchasing assets at a sustainable rate. You'll find that the cash flow statement is usually divided into three categories being the cash flow from operating activities, from investing activities or from financing activities. For the cash flow from operating activities, you will find that this will reflect changes within the net income of the company based on the cash that needs to be spent on producing the product or service at hand. Using our lemonade stand as an example again, this could be you know the cash that flows out of the company for them needing to buy more sugars, lemon, water, things like that. Things that are directly related to making the company more cash. Cash flow from investing activities, on the other hand, shows you the cash that the company has used to invest into assets 
and or expansion. Again, using our lemonade stand, this could be the purchase of more lemon squeezers or the purchase of a new lot to open a second lemonade stand. Lastly, the cash flow from financing activities is really just the cash flow for things required to keep the company running, such as the repayment of loans, paying out dividends, and so forth. Coming to conclude, we've only really taken a bird's eye view of the financial statements, but ultimately, every single part of it can be used differently to your stock picking approach. But it depends on what you personally think are important factors to a company's success and future prospects for growth. All right, Z community, that's pretty much it for today's episode. Now, again, if you did find value from this, be sure that you're either following or subscribe to the podcast so that you're up to date with new episodes that are going to come your way. On top of that, if you feel like either your friend, your parents, your grandma, your grandpa are going to benefit from this episode or this overall pod, be sure you swing it their way because at the end of the day, it could just be a nice little early Christmas gift or something. But nonetheless, guys, it's your boy Aziz Finance signing out. I'll see you guys on the next one.